It began over 5,000 years ago when civilization was young. Every major culture, Egypt, Greece, Rome, India, Japan, studied it, practiced it, perfected it to a fine art. They admired its Olympian demands, strength, speed, agility, skill, grace, and courage. They did it to honor their gods, they did it to honor their kings, they did it to train their soldiers, they did it to compete, and they did it for fun. It has come down through the ages to us today. It is Coliseum Corner, the wrestling podcast where each and every Coliseum home video is reviewed. From the personalities and specialties to the best of the WWF and even the Collector Series. If you're looking for reviews of WrestleMania, Survivor Series, Royal Rumbles, and SummerSlams, then look somewhere else because this is a trip down memory lane of your favorite videos. We review the good, the bad, and even sometimes the awful. Join Bill as he takes us down a memory lane adventure the likes of which no podcast has ever gone before. So sit back, relax, and listen to this fantastic podcast that we call Coliseum Corner. And here is Bill to start the show right now. Hello everybody, I'm Billy Ann Covey and welcome to Coliseum Corner, the podcast where I watch each and every Coliseum home video. Now, as of late on the WWE Network on Peacock, they've started to put a four-part series out of the 50 greatest tag teams in WWE history or in wrestling history. So, I figured, if they're going to do that, why not bring up the next video in the Coliseum Video Library that I've got to review. And it is all about tag teams. As this video that I am reviewing here is Tag Team Champions. So, there's going to be a couple of things that you need to remember before I start the review of this videotape. The first thing is, every match will have the Tag Team Championship on the line. That's the first thing. The second thing is that you will hear throughout this review either teams or individuals on multiple occasions. Okay? Gotta remember those two. So, with that said, Let's dive into this review of Tag Team Champions. So the video is hosted by Gene Okerlund and he tells us that this is a special video cassette because there are over 20 matches here on this videotape spanning a seven year period, which is really a lot considering what you the listener are about to go through. So we begin with the current tag team champions at the time the videotape was released, British Beefcake and Greg Valentine, as they are facing the British Bulldogs. Now, I'm not really sure who or what made this blunder, but Gene says in the beginning, in this match, 
the titles do not change hands. Well, thanks a lot, Gene. You know, I mean, yeah, maybe some of us would have liked to have been surprised if the title did change hands. So anyway, we get a really good match here to start off the tape. Uh, Dynamite Kid is on a roll early in the contest, going after Greg Valentine, and then tags in Beefcake. But even Beefcake can't handle the Dynamite Kid. Davy Boy Smith comes in. It's a good back-and-forth match. And then we get to the end where it looks like the Bulldogs are going to win the match. Davy Boy and Valentine, they fall to the outside. They're fighting. Dynamite Kid goes on the top turnbuckle. Looks like he's probably going to go for the headbutt, the diving headbutt. When Luscious Johnny Valiant messes with the Dynamite Kid, kind of pushes him off the top rope, the referee sees the push and calls for the bell. The British Bulldogs win by disqualification, but Valentine and Beefcake retain the tag team titles. Now we begin our quest, our adventure through, like I said, a seven-year retrospective of the tag team titles. So we begin in March of 1978, where the champions at the time are Mr. Fuji and Professor Toru Tanaka. They are defending the tag team titles against Dino Bravo and Dominic Danucci. Now, one thing I should mention here is that a lot of the matches on this particular videotape are already in progress. So, without me saying to every single match that this is a match in progress, match in progress, I'm just going to be... Well, let's just say very generous and say to you guys, a lot of these matches are already in progress. So Danucci is in trouble here in the match, or as we caught, catch up to this match. And, you know, Tanaka and Fuji, they double team. And then eventually Dino Bravo gets the tag and he's a house of fire. And then he gets into a little bit of trouble, but not as much as Danucci. Danucci manages to get out and t gets tagged back into the match and then we get this ending and it's kind of an interesting ending because we have Fuji and Tanaka they're double teaming on Danucci Bravo tries to get in to make any type of save Bravo gets caught and he ends up getting tied up into the ropes so as this is happening Tanaka tries to go for, I guess you could say, like a, a thrust chop onto Danucci. Danucci ducks and then picks up Tanaka, puts him in an airplane spin, drops him down. Referee, one, two, three. Danucci and Bravo win the tag team titles. And then... After the match, and this is kind of interesting, I didn't realize this on the, because I've seen this tape a lot, but I didn't realize it until now. A couple of fans go to help Dino Bravo get untangled from the top rope to celebrate the title change. Now we move three months forward to Madison Square Garden, where Bravo and Danucci are defending the tag team titles against... The Yukon Lumberjacks, Eric and Pierre. 
So Eric is in a lot of trouble during this match, and Bravo and Danucci, they are taking advantage of this. Pierre does get in, get some offense onto Danucci. Danucci is just getting double teamed, and Bravo eventually is going to get a hot tag off of this and works on both members of the Lumberjacks. So, you know, again, we get good back and forth, uh, and then we get the ending, and it's kind of a cool ending because Danucci tries to go for the airplane spin on Eric the Lumberjack, but Pierre comes in, stops it, and then Danucci gets sent into the ropes. Both Lumberjacks hit a double sledgehammer or double axe handle. Pierre, who's the illegal man, makes the pin. One, two, three. The Lumberjacks win the tag team titles. So right there, we've already got another title change. So now we go to November of 78 where the Lumberjacks are the champs and they are facing a tag team that is, well, a mix of veteranship and youthfulness. It's Tony Gurria and Larry Zabisco. So Zabisco is getting worked on. His arm is being beaten up upon. And eventually he's going to make a tag to Gurria. Gurria gets in, he's a house of fire, and Gurria takes down both Lumberjacks. Now, Captain Lou is the manager of the Lumberjacks at this time, and that's going to be something to point out, especially at the aftermath of the match. So, the Lumberjacks try to do double-team work again, but they're denied. Gurria is able to get a pin. One, two, three. Gurria and Zabisco win the tag team titles. After the match, Albano is arguing with Pierre the Lumberjack, and Albano is upset that they've lost the titles, and he's upset at Pierre the Lumberjack, and he just, Albano just leaves. He leaves the team. As Eric is lying there in the ring, as Gurria and Zabisco are celebrating the win of the tag team titles. So now we get it to 1979, and now Gurria and Zabisco are defending against the Valiant Brothers. Now, I'm sure some of you are probably thinking, oh, it's going to be Jimmy and Johnny. Well, not necessarily, because here it's Johnny and Jerry Valiant. Now, earlier in the 1970s, Jimmy and Johnny had won the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team titles, so now Jerry is going to get the opportunity. And what's interesting here is we end up getting the final moments of this match instead of, say, maybe two or three minutes of the match. So what happens in the end, Gurria is in the ring with Jerry. Johnny gets into the ring. The referee is distracted. Gurria and Jerry, they bump heads. They are knocked down. As the referee is still distracted by Johnny, Jimmy, who's already out of ringside, rolls Jerry outside to the floor. Johnny goes over, makes the pin, one 
two, three, the Valiants win the tag team titles and another championship for Captain Lou Albano. Now we go into October of 1979 where the Valiants are defending the tag team titles against, well, a pretty popular pair considering who they are. And at this time in the WWF, both are still there. Well, they're both on the roster. It is Tito Santana and Ivan Putski. So here in the in the, the clip of this match, Santana is getting worked on by both Johnny and Jerry Valiant. And during the match, Vince McMahon points out that this is the first time that Johnny and Jerry are defending the tag team titles in Madison Square Garden without Captain Lou Albano. Apparently, they went their separate ways. So Santana gets worked on for a long time. And Putski, even though there's like a couple of tags that, you know, they do make, the referee doesn't see it, which gets Putski very, very irate. So eventually, Santana makes the tag to Putski. Now Putski gets in, he's a house of fire. And then... As we get towards the end, it's a little bit of confusion. So Putski beats up on Jerry Valiant. Jerry goes to the outside. Johnny, who's still in the ring, gets beat up by Putski. And Johnny goes to the outside. So the referee is counting Johnny. The only problem is Jerry Valiant is the legal man. So Jerry gets in the ring. Johnny is being counted out. And the referee calls for the bell. The bell rings. And then the referee, in a very rare moment, says, you know, kind of waves off what had happened. And the match continues. So Santana gets into the ring. And we get this series where Johnny and Jerry are in the ring with Santana. And Johnny Valiant and Santana, they're doing the double drop down on Jerry. While this is going on, the bell rings a second time. And then eventually, Johnny and Jerry bump into each other. Santana goes to the ropes, hits a cross body block onto Jerry, who, remember, is the legal man. One, two, three. Santana and Putski win the tag team titles, even though the ending was a bit confusing, to say the least. Now we go into the 1980s, and Santana and Putski are still the tag team champions. But on this occasion, they are defending the titles against the Wild Samoans, Afa and Sika. So, Afa and Sika are having a little bit of advantage here, and Santana and Putski, you know, they do make their comeback. But then we get to the ending. And the way Vince McMahon words this is a little different, because Vince does some commentary... On a couple of the matches that either don't have commentary or the commentary is lost or the commentary is not that good. It, 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 you know, it depends on how you look at it. So Santana 
goes to the top rope. And he's going for a cross body block on Afa. Now, it looks like Afa, you know, has been, or was somewhat hit by the cross body block. However, as Santana lands on the mat, he's kind of holding his leg. And then Vince is like, oh, he missed. Uh, it didn't look like he missed. It looked like he might have caught him, actually. But what it looked like was Alpha might have hit Santana when he went for the crossbody block. I'm not really sure how else to put it except that's what happened. And then Alpha picks up Santana, hits the Samoan drop. One, two, three. The Wild Samoans win the tag team titles. Now, this, or going into this next part, I'm going to have to do a little a little explanation because they don't do it in the video. So, in August of 1980, at the famous show at Shea Stadium, the Wild Samoans defend the tag team titles against Bob Backlund and Pedro Morales. Backlund and Morales win the tag team titles. However... Because Bob Backlund is the world champion, the World Wrestling Federation champion at that time, they have to vacate the titles. So there's a match that happens, and the Wild Samoans win back the tag team titles. They do not mention it on the tape. There's no footage of it on the tape. It just had to be mentioned here. So, after regaining the tag team titles... The Samoans are defending the titles against Tony Gurria and Rick Martel. Now, the commentators in the match point out how bad Tony Gurria wants to win the belts for a fourth time. Meanwhile, Martel wants to win it. And, and it's kind of funny because they're like, Oh, Gurria really wants the belts. Martel wants to win it too, but probably not as bad as Gurria. Okay. So... Samoans are in control, and Gurria and Martel, they eventually get the hot tag. They come back. But then we get a really good ending to this match. So all four men are in, four men are in the ring. Martel and Gurria, they have the Samoans. They whip them into each other. They bump into each other. They go down. Gurria and Martel try again. Afa does a reversal, and Gurria runs into Sika. So Gurria is down, and Afa goes for a splash and goes for a pin. Meanwhile, while that is happening, Martel runs, gets a sunset flip onto Sika. The referee goes and makes one two three we have a three count but who won the match because we had two pins at the same time so after conferring with the referee it is decided that the winners and new tag team champions are tony Gurria and rick martell the arena explodes so what happened was Martel and Sika 
were the two legal men in the ring when this happened. Afo made the pin on Gurria, but neither one of them were legal. Martel and Sika were legal, and that pin is the one that counts, and they get the tag team titles. Now we head into March of 1981 where Gurria and Martel are defending the tag team titles against the Moondogs. And this is the original pair of the Moondogs, Rex and King. Now Captain Lou again is managing and well the Moondogs, you know, they're big guys. Uh, King especially. I think King weighs over 300 pounds. Rex is maybe... Just about under the 300 pound mark. Not not too far away from that mark. But um, he, he's close. So we have the match. And we get this ending where Gurria tries to suplex one of the Moondogs. Well, Gurria accidentally back elbows the referee. So the referee is out cold. This is a perfect opportunity for one of the Moondogs to bring in their bone, hit Gurria with the bone, and the other Moondog gets the pin. We have new tag team champions. We fast forward four months later for the rematch of the tag team titles, and this time, King is replaced by Spot, who might be the most popular member of the Moondog clan. Um, I don't know what happened. I, I can't really say why the switch happened, but we have the rematch. Spot is out-wrestled early on in the match, and Captain Lou is livid with Spot. He's berating him. And then Rex tries his best and he gets out-wrestled. And Captain Lou is upset again. And he berates Rex. Then as he's on the outside, Captain Lou kicks Rex. And Captain Lou leaves. And it's like Oh, here we go again. Captain Lou leaving another tag team in the dust. So as the Moondogs get back in the ring, Martel and Gurria go for a quick pin. And as this is happening, Captain Lou comes waddling back, you know, just in time to make sure that the pin doesn't happen. So the Moondogs eventually do get the advantage. Um... But the tag is made, and Gurria and Martel, again, get the upper hand. And then the end of the match, Martel with a sunset flip. One, two, three. Gurria and Martel win back the tag team titles. Now, we continue in 1981, and we get to October of 1981, where Gurria and Martel are defending the tag team titles against Mr. Fuji and Mr. Saito. 
Now, because I reviewed this on the best of the WWF Volume 2, which you guys can check out, I'm not going to go through this entire match. I'm just going to go right to the ending where Gurria and Martel have the hot tag. They're double teaming. And Gurria hits a sunset or a, a back body drop, pardon me, on Saito. Martel goes to the top rope. He's about ready to go for a splash. Fuji brings out the salt, throws it into the eyes of Martel. Saito is able to reverse the crossbody block. One, two, three. Fuji and Saito win the tag team titles. And I love I love the ending to the match because of how Vince McMahon reacts. And he's like, it's pure salt. He threw pure salt. Right in that face, I wrecked Martel, and now he can't see. It's, it's kind of a funny moment. Now, the next three matches feature Fuji and Saito against Chief J and Jules Strongbow. However, the order of the match is confusing, and I'll explain why. The first clip of Fuji Saito against the Strongbows is from July of 1982. And we get only the first fall of the match. So, here's what happens. The teams are in the ring. Uh, it is Jules that starts the match along with Mr. Fuji. Saito gets in the ring, distracts Jules long enough for Fuji to get a second uh, bag of salt, throws it into the eyes of Jules, and then just to be sure, throws it into the eyes of Jay, hits a headbutt into the groin area, one, two, three, Fuji and Saito win the fall. Now, why is this confusing, you might ask? Well, because in the next clip, which is the same two teams, and the referee is Ivan Putsky. This match is from June 28th, 1982. And I'll go back to how the previous match ended in a moment. So, here, Jules is getting worked on by both Fuji and Saito. They're getting near falls, but they just can't get it done. So, Chief is eventually tagged in, and he, you know, has a little bit of momentum, but it, it's taken away, and, you know, there's this ending where, and again, this is kind of a weird, kind of a weird ending. So, Fuji knocks Jay once. Then Fuji knocks him down again. On the third try, he doesn't really knock him down, but instead goes for, I guess, a drop kick would be the best way to put it. Misses. Jay just drops down. One, two, three. Chief Jay and Jules win the tag titles. But what Putsky did not see was the foot of Mr. Fuji was on the bottom rope. 
So, how does this all come back to the previous clip? Well, the match, which again, we only see the first full, is a match for the vacant tag team titles. We don't know that. And, and in a way, it's kind of a good way to sell that. So, here's the rest of that match that we didn't get to see. In fall number two, Jewel Strongbow evens the bout at one fall apiece. He puts a sleeper on Mr. Fuji. In the third fall, Saito pins Jay Strongbow to win the tag team titles. So, now that we know what's happening, we get to go to the third and final match of this trilogy, which is in October of 1982. So, if, and I know this is getting a little confusing, but try to stay with me. Without the knowledge of what I just gave you, you'd think the Strongbows are going into this match as the tag team champions. However, going into the match, it's Fuji and Saito that are tag team champions. So, we have the match uh, back and forth. The Strongbows get the win after Chief J hits a Thez press on the Saito. And it's actually a beautiful looking Luthez press. And the crowd goes crazy. The Strongbows have the tag team titles. Now we get to 1983 and they are facing the Wild Samoans. So it's been a while since we've seen the Samoans here on the videotape. The Samoans... Double team on Jay Strongbow. Eventually, Jules gets the tag. He does everything he can. But at the end, Jules gets caught. Alpha hits the uh, Samoan drop. And the, and the, I want to say the Strongbows. The Samoans win back the tag team titles. Now we go to the end of 1983 where the Samoans are defending the tag team titles against Tony Atlas and Rocky Johnson. This is a no disqualification match and this is a pretty famous match for the history context and what happens in this match. So we get into the final moments of the match. Johnson is in trouble. He makes the tag to Tony Atlas and Atlas is a house of fire. Rocky Johnson gets in the ring. All four men are in. Johnson and Sika bump into each other. They go down. Afa tries to get to pick up Atlas, but in the process, knocks the referee down. So now, Captain Lou tries to get involved, but he gets knocked down for a brief moment. Afa gets back up. And he's got Atlas. So Albano now grabs the chair. He gets in the ring. He winds up. Goes for the hit. Atlas moves. But the chair goes through. Uh, goes right into Afa. The chair breaks. Atlas goes for the cover. One, two, three. Atlas and Johnson 
win the tag team titles the arena goes crazy it's jubilation a celebration Allison Johnson win the tag team titles so now we head into 1984 and believe it or not the only title change of 1984 Tony Atlas and Rocky Johnson defending against Dick Murdoch and Adrian Adonis Again, like I did with Gurria and Martel against Fuji and Saito, I'm not going to review the match in its entirety. It is also on the best of the WWF Volume 2 review. So the ending of the match, Johnson is in the ring. He is a house of fire. He takes Murdoch and Adonis down. Eventually, Atlas is on the outside with Murdoch. So Murdoch tries to get in the ring, Johnson just blocks him. He beats him down. Atlas then military presses Murdoch, and Johnson gets a couple punches in. While he's doing that, Adonis comes up from behind, does an O'Connor roll, and does probably the the coolest, best-looking pin by accident, standing on his head, but he's got his hands... On the mat, one, two, three, Murdoch and Adonis win the tag team titles. Cool looking pin. So now we get to 1985, and Murdoch and Adonis are defending against Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo. Rotundo is hurt, he is in trouble, tries to get a tag to Barry Windham, but Adonis will not let the tag happen. He eventually is on the outside, Adonis is, but pulls Wyndham down and sends Wyndham into the guardrail. So Adonis and Murdoch, they double-team Rotundo. Murdoch is the legal man, but Rotundo manages to get out of the way, make a tag to bury Wyndham. So Wyndham is in. He is going after both men. Uh, Rotundo eventually gets in the ring, all four are in. Now, the ending, again, this is this is a good ending. I like this ending. So, Wyndham goes to the outside with Adonis. Murdoch is working on Rotundo. Adonis tries to send Wyndham into the post, but Wyndham pushes Adonis into the post. Meanwhile, Murdoch is working on Rotundo. Barry Wyndham who is the legal man in the match, gets a sunset flip onto Murdoch. One, two, three. Wyndham and Rotundo win the tag team titles to a pretty nice pop. Then we get to a very historic day. March the 31st, 1985. WrestleMania. The very first WrestleMania. And one of the matches that we have at this WrestleMania is a tag team title defense. Wyndham and Rotundo defending against Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik. Now, Wyndham has the advantage early on 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 Nikolai Volkov. Volkov and Sheik try to do a double team. Volkov accidentally hits Sheik. And we get a replay where Nikolai, or uh, Gorilla narrates and he's like oh Volkov tried to go 
and he accidentally, he accidentally hit she wham now back to live action so Sheik and Volkov eventually work on Rotundo and Sheik makes a mistake towards the end where instead of trying to pre or prevent Rotundo from getting the tag, he tags Volkov. Rotundo manages to tag Barry Windham. Windham is a house of fire. Windham hits the bulldog on Volkov but only gets a two count. Sheik makes the save. Rotundo and Sheik fight for a brief moment. Sheik gets knocked to the apron. The referee sends Rotundo back. Freddie Blassie hands Volkov a cane. Sheik hits Barry Windham with the cane. Volkov goes for the cover. One, two, three. Sheik and Volkov win the tag team titles despite the people really hating how it ends because, well, the heels won. But Wyndham and Rotundo do get their rematch two and a half months later. And this time it is on, I want to say it's championship wrestling. So we have the match. Wyndham and Rotundo have the advantage, but Sheik gets a knee into the back of Rotundo. And now Sheik and Volkov have the advantage on Rotundo. And then we get this really fun ending. I like this ending. Sheik and Rotundo, they're in the ring. Sheik's trying to get a move, but Rotundo reverses it into a small package. And, you know, Volkov gets in the ring, but Wyndham gets into the ring. Referee is distracted. So Volkov moves Sheik on top of Rotundo. So now Sheik's got the pin on Rotundo on the small package. The referee sees Volkov. He puts Volkov out. Wyndham gets in the ring. And he does the exact same thing that Volkov did. Rotundo now has the pin on Sheik. The referee goes over. One, two, three. Wyndham and Rotundo win back the tag team titles. The fans go absolutely crazy. And now we get to the finale of the videotape and we catch the final moments of Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo defending the tag team titles against Brutus Beefcake and Greg Valentine. Rotundo eventually makes a tag to Barry Windham. Windham is a house of fire knocking down both Beefcake and Valentine. Windham hits the running bulldog on the Valentine. And you'd think it's over. One Two, Valentine kicks out. Ooh. So Wyndham picks up Valentine again. Hits a second running bulldog. One, two. Beefcake breaks it up. So Rotundo gets in the ring. He goes after Beefcake, knocks Beefcake down. The referee sends Rotundo out to the ring. While this is happening, Johnny Valiant, the manager, gives Brutus Beefcake something in his hands. Beefcake gets in. He puts it into the eyes of Barry Windham, which, you know, hurts Barry Windham. Valentine hits an elbow drop. One, two, three. Valentine and Beefcake win the tag team titles. And upon looking at the replay, they show what happened. And you'd later find out that it was Valiant's cigar right into the eye of Barry Windham that caused that reaction and Beefcake and Valentine 
are the tag team champions. And that is the end of the video. But hold it right there, wrestling fans, because we have some exciting videotape news coming your way. First, the best of the WWF, Volume 6, where we have such things as advice for the lovelorn. And Jesse Ventura answers questions fan or, or fans' questions, pardon me. Plus, Hulk Hogan in perhaps his toughest title defense to date against the macho man Randy Savage in Madison Square Garden. Next, an entire videotape devoted to one outstanding individual. This time, it is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. We see Ricky the Dragon Steamboat have some of his best matches, plus his entire feud with the magnificent Morocco. And finally, thousands of mail, thousands of letters had been sent requesting this videotape, and now we're going to get it. It is grudge match. When you have rivalries, they just can't be settled. It's got to end in a special way. Some of the grudge matches we get include Hulk Hogan against the Magnificent Morocco, Tito Santana and Greg Valentine's battle over the Intercontinental title, and two feuds of Bruno San Martino, one with Ivan Koloff and the other with superstar Billy Graham with Gorilla Monsoon as the guest referee. The three videotapes, the best of the WWF Volume 6, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and Grudge Match. Call your local video retailer to reserve your copies now. And of course, the WWF welcomes your comments. Write to the producer, Coliseum Video, 430 West 54th Street, New York, New York, 10019. Well, that does it for this videotape. Um... <coughs> Excuse me. I like this tape. I really, really do. Because this is a wonderful retrospective of one of the more important tag team titles in wrestling history. And this is very nicely done. Very good retrospective. The two mistakes they make, they're, they're minor. They're really minor. I mean, Oakland admitting in the first match that the titles don't change hands, and the the order in the one you know the two matches it, it's a minor mistake. Other than that, <coughs> this is a good tape. You have so many legendary teams, legendary names, and you get to see them. Uh, I mean. Yes, a lot of this is clipped, but you got to remember, you know, videotapes were like that. And to have a seven-year retrospective is quite an achievement. And this is before, arguably, you could say, the best era of tag team wrestling that the WWF ever had from... <coughs> excuse me. From... 86 all the way to 92 93 so i wouldn't say these are the dark ages because it's definitely not but uh 
if you want to find a videotape, go for it on eBay. Uh, it, it is there. I know I've seen a lot of copies of it. It is worth the recommendation. Next time around on Coliseum Corner, going to do, well, another personality. And this one is quite a personality. It is The Life and Times of Captain Lou Albano. That is the next videotape that I will be reviewing right here on Coliseum Corner. <coughs> Hope you guys, pardon me. Hope you guys enjoyed this video review and i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of coliseum corner i'm bill yankovey and i'll talk to you all next time right here on coliseum corner